Hello and welcome to Mommying, Surviving and Thriving, a podcast for women that believe in living their best life while working and raising a family at the same time. We discuss how to live a happy, healthy, wealthy and thriving life while balancing the demands of being a woman, mom and all-around superwoman. We're here to inspire you with a new perspective and to also create a community of supportive women in the process. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Mommy Surviving and Thriving. And today we are talking about parenting with intention. I know many of us um, are here with many small children and not so small children, but we go through the difficulty of trying to make sure that we raise them in the right way. And so today we have with us Ivera, who is um, an educator for over 16 years. Um, she has a wonderful program, Raising Your, Ch- Your Child on Purpose, um, which spoke a lot to me. And so that's why I wanted to have her on our podcast today. So welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here, Myla. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for all you're doing because having your podcast and speaking for mums really is is a big thing for all of us. We do need our corner to talk. So thank you. So yes. (laughs) Well, tell us more about you. And and you've been, like you said, you have over 16 years of experience um, educating our youth. Um, Tell us where you're from, what you're doing, and um, what made you go into the education field? Oh, wow. So, um, right. So I'm originally from Nigeria. And I lived in Nigeria for the first 17 years of my life. And then I moved over to the UK to start my further education. And I've now lived in the UK for 21 years. So I've just oh, told, wow. I've told everyone my age. But yes. <laughs> so, but then, you know, it's for me, I think coming from, you know, a, I guess, developing country in Africa, I've always, and I'm not saying everyone is the same way, but I was one of those people who just felt like education was essential. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people I, I studied economics at university and I always, you know, we talk about how to develop Africa and how to develop countries. And for me, it was always about the people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Other people talk about the roads and the I'm like, yeah, but for me, it's the human capital. And so I knew that I wanted to develop young people. So I started teaching straight away when I came out of uni at age 21. And that's how I've stayed in that profession my whole career. And so, so that's what I've been doing, just focusing. I just feel like if we can get the best out of the humans, then whatever technology or anything else we have will be better if the humans are better first. So that's how I really got into it and stuck with it. <laughs> that's awesome. And so, again, why what drew me to you and your, your website, Raising Your Child on Purpose? Can you talk to us about that? Now, that name came to me and just made so much sense to me because it fits everything I believe in. So it's raising your child on purpose, that's intentionally, but for a purpose. So I don't believe that you can be intentional if you don't have a goal or a name. So raising your child on purpose for a purpose. And what I actually mean by that is it's still raising your child, believing that they have a purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's not really about what your purpose for them is. No, it's raising them, knowing that they are here 
for and with a purpose. And I believe, I actually believe that everyone has a purpose. And some people don't see it that way. And I'll tell you why I strongly believe that. I believe that because I feel that every single person on earth has the same purpose. And that's to influence and impact our world with love and whatever our world is. I don't care how big or small your world is. We all are here for that reason. And every time we're not influencing our world with love, we're not fulfilling our purpose. Now I'm doing it in the classroom with young people. You know, you're doing it in so many ways with your business. I've heard you had 12 12 years with your friends. I think that's just amazing, by the way. You're doing it with your podcast influencing the world for the better and that's how we should be raising our children intentionally and you know so that they can live out their purpose I love that I as we kind of talked before we start recording um this world we live in um Mm -hmm. brings so many different aspects so many different things um when we're raising kids I again my kids are young and so they haven't experienced as much, but um, I want to be able to raise them in a way that they will be confident in who they are. Yes. And then also just to be great human beings, right. To, like you said, to love one another, to, to have their impact. Right. Um, And so that's what my purpose is in trying to, as I, as I, work with them on a daily basis and do different things with them. So can you talk to us about um, ways that we can, one, like you said, to find out what their purpose is, how do we work with our kids? Are there any strategies that we, um, that you would suggest? What are ways that you're able to reach your kids, not only your, your sons, but your um, students as you've been working for um, over 16 years? So for me, it's so important when I meet a young person, um, and to be fair, we should apply this to all humans, but you know, Mm -hmm. when I meet a young person and when I met my kids, when they were born, I wanted to get to know them until I get to know them. I cannot, you know, raise them, help them, guide them, nurture them to be who they are born to be. I cannot nurture them to influence the world in the way they were born to I have to get to know them. So the first strategy would really be observing your kids and letting them show you who they are. Hmm. And I think that sometimes as parents, we assume we know without even thinking. We think, oh, we know. We know you. You you passed through me, so I know you. And it's like, (laughs) no. Anyone you meet for the first time, you want to get to know them. So that involves listening. That involves allowing. That involves observing. And of course, because you, we have the wisdom and experience of age you know and you know wisdom and experience so for that reason we obviously will be setting boundaries and caring for them and keeping them safe but that doesn't mean that in those safe boundaries we're not letting them express who they are so one simple thing when we're observing and watching is always looking for the reason behind their behavior So again, just think about observing them, watching them, because I want to get to know you. That should be at the back of your mind, number one strategy. So that means that when you start to display a certain behavior, I'm not going to react to that behavior. I want to understand your behavior. Now, I'm going to say something to you and to the listeners. If you think about it, when you say that person knows me, or we say that girl, my friend, she just knows me. You don't mean she knows your name and surname. Mm -hmm. 
you're thinking you're not thinking she knows you you're thinking she knows you and I'm pointing at my heart and my mind and that's how we want to understand our children that takes a lot of intentionality that means that we don't just address them like you don't address them based on what you see you address them on what's going on in their mind, what's going on behind everything that you're showing me. So that's just a quick way of explaining one major strategy, you know, observing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many others, but I'll start with that one. (laughs) So no, I I like where you were going with that. So I I would definitely say continue to, um, because I think that is important for us. I think a lot of us as parents, um, I know I try not to, and my husband, I made that decision early on that we would would not put our expectations on our kids um you know so many people you hear so many parents that they're living through their kids this is something that they wanted to do but they were not mm-hmm. be able to do it for whatever reason so they're pushing their mm-hmm. their kids in that direction um and you know for me I think that's not fair you know if your kids love to do it great but if not, um, I think you're right in saying that um, it's important for them to kind of flourish and develop. And so what would you say to those parents that um, are kind of going in that direction, trying to live through their their kids or not even to that extreme, but mm-hmm. you have certain things that you want your kids to do, mm-hmm. um, but that might not be for them, yeah. right? So what would you say to those parents? I'd say to those parents, honestly, I actually understand where they're coming from because mm-hmm. I haven't yet met a parent that doesn't want the best for their child. I haven't yet met one. We want the best for our children. And so we think we know what's best. And if we've lived on this earth for, you know, 20 or more years, longer than our children, we, we, we really think we know what's best. So when we are trying to get them to perform and behave in certain ways, it's usually because we want the best out of them and because we are afraid of the outcome if they don't tow whatever line that we want them to follow. So I want this parent listening to just think, you know, I understand why I'm doing it, but I've got to remind myself that I actually do not know what's best and that's hard for us to say I actually do not know what's best I am learning and observing with my child so the the fears I have are coming from the the era in which I grew up that's that's the truth because you grew up for example in a non-digital age for example Mm -hmm. and the expectation is you work in your classroom and you must be the best and do hard you know but now the world has opened up so let's be honest you don't really know where it's going Mm -hmm. So so you have to remind yourself of that I don't really know but I know that the only thing that will make my child successful is if they're authentic just remind yourself of that It's not anything else, but if they are their authentic self, that means if you raise them to know who they are, number one, love who they are and be confident enough to pursue who they are. You know, I'm, if I'm honest with you, I'm just a teacher, but every single um, reward or email or recognition or income or anything I've achieved in my life has been because of my gifts I haven't got anything for anything else that's how your children will flourish and if they're allowed to know that and pursue that early on even better 
So I would just say with, to, to these parents, I understand the fears coming from expectation, from your past, from society. I get it all, but trust your child, whatever's in them, that gift and talent, let it grow. I promise you that's what will make a way for them. And I'll just say one final thing on that topic. I teach maths, by the way, and I also teach A-level economics. So you have, I have a lot of parents come to me, oh, my child's not doing well in maths. I'm really nervous. The only reason why they're nervous is because society has told them that maths is important. It's not, there's no other reason. Why are you bothered that your child's not ace in maths? Seriously, if you think about it, in the, and I'm, you know, I, even though this is my subject, I say to the parent, um, what's your child good at? And they think, I don't, why are you asking me that? I'd like you to tutor my child in math. No, what's your child good at? Let's start with that. How much recognition, acknowledgement, how much support and nurturing have you given that child in what they're good at before you're trying to impose what society says they must be good at? Because trust me, if you don't speak my language, my strengths, what I enjoy, it would be very difficult for me to listen to what you're trying to impose on me. That's a great point. And, and I think now about uh, my kids' <laughs> teachers asking that question um, at the beginning of the year as to what are your kids good at and what yeah. do they like to do? So it's the, yeah. the kids survey or what have you that they send out. Um, but I, I, I understand that parent who comes to you, the math parent, because I my kids are young, but we yeah. know that... Um, math is 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 difficult for many kids um and for many adults for that matter and so <laughs> you know my oldest um who's six who she is very smart but she came home her first test and it was not a good grade and I'm like what is this <laughs> but um everything since then she's gotten 100 and an A on everything else since then but I I look back at that because I was upset that how could she get this grade on this test? And she's, she's better than that, but not even thinking to myself, one, she's in first grade. This is her first real test because, you know, kindergarten, pre-K, they don't really give real grades. This is her first, obviously she didn't understand it because since then she's gotten perfect scores on everything since then but I think we do as parents go through like oh my god look at this what do I need to do and um so I understand that I understand the whole the the scariness of math and but also I want you to talk about just for our kids and especially for black kids having that and and I think it's it's society. And then also our, you know, us as parents, we know the difficulties, right. And having to be one step ahead and really three, four, five steps ahead or five times smarter. Um, So the pressure that we may have had, and we're putting that on our kids too. Exactly. It's another fear. Again, it's based on fear and worry because of the love we have for our kids and we are afraid of what might happen. But even though I understand that, I know that that would make us overreact to our children. They will feel our fear and that's, they don't need that. They actually need our love. And I, I, you, the thing is, you're talking to me knowing that I understand where you're coming from. In fact, I'm going to say something. I have, yes, been teaching for 16 years. I finally left the classroom in July this year. Mm. And set out fully 
to start raising your child on purpose. Well, I started a year ago fully with a business, but I've really gone for it now full time. Um, and the reason I did that, truth be told, I did it because of BLM. That's the truth. Okay. So when Black Lives Matter hit, it broke me. Mm-hmm. I had never thought I would be that broken. I just never, I have never reacted or felt in that way to any other you know, race related issue, you know, and it really broke me. I don't know why people say, oh, is it because you've got boys? Well, I don't know if that's why. Is it because I don't know what it was. I just think it was my time to be broken mm-hmm. by it because it was my time to pay attention and do what I can do in my world to make a change. And after I went through months and my friends my husband was worried and I went through months of being depressed quite frankly Mm. and it just spiraled because of the feeling of I kept thinking what's going to happen to my boys what are they going to have to do this is ridiculous why can't people see them for who they and I was going through all that fear that we all go through and I only started to pick myself back up when I started to say I can do something about it Mm. and I'm going to do something about it in my world. I'm going to influence my world positively. And I thought I'm going to help other parents who raise their children intentionally so that they can lift their heads up wherever they go. And I came into this world. I could have been any race, color, whatever it is. I'm black for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I decided I'm going to use my voice, my everything that I have for better And in that, I realized that all I needed to do was point my children and other parents with black children or whatever race, whatever prejudice is going on to who they are, not what not what other people are doing or trying to do to them. If they know who they are, if they know what's inside of them, if they understand their strengths, if they understand what they're capable of, it wouldn't matter what people tried or what people said. And I think a lot of times when we lead with fear, we are putting more emphasis on what the world could and might do to them. It causes our children to look out, worried, hyperactive, not focusing and remembering that what's inside of them is much greater than anything on the outside and they can influence the world, what's inside of them. And that's what I just started intentionally doing with the parents I speak to. I've always done it with my boys, but I pushed it more. Remember who you are, who you are, who you are with love. And I say to them, I want you to release who you are, your love into the world. You will quench any darkness out there. Don't worry about what anybody might want to do to you. It sounds simple. It's, you know, it sounds like I'm just making it sound simple or no, actually let's focus our energies there. It will make a bigger impact. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think, like you said, the Black Lives Matter movement um, changed everyone Um, (laughs) and (laughs) for better or for worse. Um, But um, that is true because, uh, at the start of that, I remember when I had my son, uh, two girls and the last one is a boy. Um, I got a lot of congratulation messages. Um, and one stuck out to me, which was a thought in my mind, actually. They said, um, the person texted me and said, congratulations. I will pray for you as you raise a black son in, in America, uh-huh. right? And I, um, and I thought about that and that person was exactly right because, you know, you, you 
you go from a joyous occasion, which is you, mm. you give birth to us, but then your mind is thinking because of everything that's happening. Yeah. Goodness gracious, this little bundle of joy, this, um, and he still is the sweetest son ever yeah. at just three. He truly is. And you, yeah. the agony that goes on in my mind at times as to think, and I don't think about it much, but it's come up like, how yeah. could someone truly hate and I hate to use the word hate but hate this person my son this sweet little boy and when does that change yes um it just it makes you think and you know other people may not have to think about that that don't look like us you know but that's something I think about I agree and it's funny I had the same thought because when my first son was born I had the people kept stopping to look at him because he just looked so amazing compared to all the other babies that look the same I think you know (laughs) and I remember as they all came around to look at him in the hospital I thought at what point would you move from wanting to look at him to crossing the road when you see him Mm-hmm. It did cross my mind, but I, I still say, and that was what, but I realized, you know, fast forward many years later that that was what was breaking me in that time, that thought. And I only had to, I had to uplift myself with the thought that no love can actually conquer all. And we have to realize that they have so much. I say this now, I mean, with my boys are as many of our boys and, and girls will do. He's doing very well, the oldest. And he was just, he was just elected deputy head boy of his school. Oh, and he awesome. was over the moon, you know, you know, that's such a big deal. I remember crying, especially because of what we're talking about now. But you know what? Their light will shine. Their light will shine. We just have to keep pointing them and reminding them that it's inside of them, not to worry about what other people do because we can't control them. I, I, I totally agree. And so I want you to talk about that. Um, part of what you do is to teach the children how to thrive inside yeah. and outside of the classroom. So I, part of that, I, I think, is just that, like you said, finding out who they are, loving themselves, um, and just actually um, loving one another, right? Um, what are some, what do you teach as you're working with the parents and you're working with the children on to how to do just that, to not only thrive within the classroom, but outside the classroom. And we can talk about both because of course, I'd like to hear the tips (laughs) as I'm trying, though they're very early on, but I'm like, uh, trying to make sure they, they get A's and do all they're supposed to do at that early age, but thriving inside the classroom and outside. So again, this is something that anyone listening to me should be thinking of. This is something I'm going to do regularly, consistently Mm -hmm. till they are whatever age, 18, 21. You can't do it once. I have been doing it over and over again. And so what it is, again, I always start by observing, as I said, who they are, their gifts, their talents, their skills, giving them opportunities, trying to find out who they are and letting them lead me in that direction. I always, I, I, I never try and tell them, oh, you seem to be good at this, unless they start to say it or show it, then I can increase and, and, and follow. Because sometimes when you say stuff, they think, oh, she's happy that I'm good at this. So I'm going to keep doing this, but I don't mm. really like it. We have to be so careful. But my point is once they have identified where they're gravitating to, whether it's art, sports or music or whatever, it tends to be art, sports, music, it tends to be things like that, actually, or something, you know, scientific, investigative, where they're researching or searching even at their young age. 
once we see that we are using those moments or those things they love to teach them character traits because the things that make us thrive inside the classroom and outside the classroom is not intelligence is your character Mm. What do you do when you meet something difficult? What do you do when things get too hard? What do you do when you fail or don't, don't do as well as you think you are going to do? What do you do when that and that they only understand those lessons in the area where they're already strong or where they love. And I'll now start to give you practical examples. So both my boys are very sporty. They would play any sport and play it well. I would say they have a talent in those in, in, in sports, both of them. And as I say this, think about your children, you know, listeners and whatever it is you think they have a natural talent in. Now, because they already have a natural talent there, it's the easiest thing for me to use to teach them how to thrive in school and outside school. Mm. So I use that. And maths, English, all these other subjects are tools. They're not the goal. I'm not bothered about them getting an A in maths. I'm not bothered. I'm bothered about them using maths and English and whatever subjects they're doing to build the character strengths because that's what matters. Because you and I sitting here now are not doing maths tests. Right. But we're constantly being tested on our character. And it's our Mm. character that determines what happens when we're broken. It's our character that keeps us going. So I'm not bothered about what what grades you got on the test, really. I'm bothered about how your character developed it, if it developed so back to the sport um when my son very young I started very young working with them with maths as I said that's my subject or whether it's reading and when they meet something difficult oh mommy is too hard I can't do it and I say well hold on I understand it's too hard it doesn't mean you can't do it and then straight away I go to the pitch when you played that match against those boys and it was a difficult match did you walk off the pitch no I had to, I had to dig in more. I had to, and they start to tell you what they needed to do. Mm. And I said, that's exactly the same thing you need to do everywhere. Oh yeah. But mom, football's more fun than math. I say, I understand that. And I know that's true for you, but in life, I needed to bring yourself, your best self to every area. Mm. And so I remind them you are one. You are one person. The excellent child I see on the pitch is the same excellent child. And you can bring that excellence to the maths table. So it's constantly reminding them who they are. And, to, and then I also say to them, and I use their fingers and I show them, I say, look, if you were to put your different subjects on your fingers, where would you put what? And straight away, they put sports on the longest. Mm. And then they might put maths on the thumb fine and I did that from when my kids were very young and I said you see so all I needed to do is bring your hand to the table it doesn't mean you're going to perform at the same length for all of them your strengths will always make you perform the best in your you know sports but still bring your whole hand to the table that's your whole self and they get it so for example they make a mistake in math and they're like oh this is so rubbish I don't you know and I say to them listen when you took that penalty and you missed it talk to me about that so because they understand that language and they start to get it and so as you do this consistently and again you're doing it in a learning way to encourage them you're not telling them off because then you've lost them I'll just say this very quickly your kids care about you way more than whatever they're learning so what that means is if you 
are not happy, when they are learning with you and it's a negative experience, they will not want to learn that thing because they want happy mommy, happy daddy. That's more, much more important than whatever you're trying to get me, learn, get, get me to learn. So children don't hate learning maths, for example. They hate being judged. Mm-hmm. It'll make them feel judged. You know, so this sort of thing. So I constantly use character traits. And there was a time when they were even younger, I would have particular words that I would put on the on their bedroom wall for the week. We're working on responsibility this week. Then we'll talk about spelling it, what it means, all that kind of stuff. Or what, you know, so keep creating many opportunities to develop different character traits and reminding them that they are one person bringing their whole self to the table every time. If they don't do well in something, it's not the end. Whenever they act like, oh my goodness, I haven't done well. I I say to them, no, you are living another day, more opportunities to improve this. It's always about character that means when they come back and haven't done well in their recital or their sporting fixture you cannot act like oh my goodness because if you're acting that way then you're teaching them that they should feel that way when they do don't do well once so these are the things that you know you have to continue and there's so much more but again this is as much as I can say in the time that we have now (laughs) Oh, no, I, I appreciate that. And, and you definitely having me think uh, more of that and in, in different ways that I can kind of connect with the kids. Do you think that the connection, um, connecting with your kids, like on a deeper level, how does that change as when they're little, like my kids, as they get older, as your kids, do you think that changes on ways um, on how we connect with them? I totally agree with you that um, we will have to change and evolve. And I want you, as you, as you say this, I'm thinking about your friends that you've had for so many years, you've had to connect on different levels, mm-hmm. depending on what's going on. It's the same thing with our children, depending on what's going on, depending on how they're evolving as humans and all of that. So yes, we do need to connect. We can't assume that the way in which they will connect with us when they're younger is the same way, but the principles are still the same listening letting them know that they're in a safe environment to express who they are and just just thinking about it as any relationship that you want to thrive any relationship you want to flourish how would you connect with that person what would you do and as long as you have those intentions you will find the different ways and you'll keep trying different things until that bond is formed again i'm just thinking about it as you said as you asked that question teenagers so again as you grow you're growing up with your kids at some point the way to connect with them means that you are allowing them be themselves even more giving them more independence you're not connecting with them if you are trying to you know crowd them too Mm -hmm. much or crowd their space so again letting your connection you know mechanism strategies change as they grow very important good because look i'm um i just talked to someone who who's dealing with older kids and, you know, as much as my kids, they're very active. So I'm like, Oh goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> you, you don't want to wish uh, the days away, but sometimes you like wish they can do a little bit more, be a little bit more independent, but then, you know, as they get older, there's bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. trying to enjoy these uh, moments, these good moments that we have now, because you never know what happens <laughs> as they get, as they get older. So I know you said that you recently um, left the classroom um, and 
you are focusing on your platform? What's what's next for you? So it's just so much. It's more like I have more ideas and plans than time. But hey, well, so I do have a podcast and I'm trying to put out information as often as I can. And that's something I want to continue to grow. It's called Raising Your Child on Purpose as well. But then I'm also creating online courses. So group coaching courses, so I can reach as many people as possible. And really what is, so the one, one of the first ones I'll be coming out in October or November is again, Raising Your Child on Purpose, four weeks and a group platform and lessons on Saturdays and just daily we are connecting with different tasks that we need to do so the main time we need to be sitting there listening to me is Saturday for two hours and then Monday to Friday you have a five minute video just reminding you what to do and it just teaches you how to really connect with your child and you know build their character and all that kind of stuff so that they can feel again they can know who they are love who they are and be confident enough to be who they are. There are ways in which we can do that. And I break that down in more detail in the four weeks program. So that's one of the things coming up soon. And then one-on-one coaching, just anything to help people um, just hear hear more about this. Because the thing I keep saying is we have good intentions, but a lot of times we don't even realize when what we are doing is not beneficial to our children and we end up intensifying what we're doing when we don't see the child behaving in the way we expect we think maybe I haven't done enough of what I'm doing so I'm going to do more of it when meanwhile you should be doing something else and I don't blame parents for doing that we just don't know everything Mm -hmm. and in my case I don't know everything but I've had a lot of experience with so many different children at different ages so I can definitely help with helping you think about things that you may not have thought about before um, before you had your own children. So, um, before we leave, um, two last questions, one, what piece of one last piece of advice would you give parents that are trying to do just that raise, you know, parent with intention and, and raise their child on purpose? What would be your last piece of advice for them? I would say to parents that, it's not enough to just say that you want to parent with intention. You actually have to, you have to be intentional. And the first key to being intentional is being aware of how you parent. And I think a lot of times we don't actually stop to think, not what did I do there, but why did I do that? What's behind the way I parent? It's so important because if we don't stop to think how we're parenting and why we're parenting that way, we cannot be intentional. So I would say we really need to stop. Look at what we're doing. Why are we doing it? Don't assume that this is just the way I do it. No, there's a why. Because there'll be something behind what we're doing. A lot of reflection is necessary in parenting. Never assume anything. I never assumed anything in my classroom. I always started just with, you know, I'm just going to start again. Teach me what I need to know, young people. And let's go from there. So never assume you know anything be aware of why you're doing what you do, reflect on it, what in your childhood is manifesting, because there will be things, if you don't catch them intentionally, you will be manifesting them in your children unintentionally. In fact, I'm going to go a bit further and say that if you had a parent that you said, I will never parent like that parent, that's the one that you're more likely to repeat subconsciously so we need to be really aware actually yes yeah it's a it's it's there's so much into that and that's scientifically proven psychologists talk about this so we just have to be aware 
how we're doing it so that we can do the healing we need to do and so that we can now be intentional about doing it the way we want to do it um and so that that's the main thing i'll say and if when you're raising your child on purpose focus on love i can't go into this in detail but focus on love let love lead you not fear of anything else external let love lead you but the final thing i'll say on love without going into detail is this make sure you know what love is Mm. because a lot of times when i listen to people and listen to parents and they say they love their children and the truth is we all do i know i love my children but i'm not always loving Mm. to them it's not about i love my children and no be loving be intentionally loving find out what actual love is and make sure you're practicing that because if we just convince ourselves that oh yes we love our children then we're just going to continue sometimes being unloving without realizing it Mm. oh thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm thinking now (laughs) Uh, you have me thinking um just the whole conversation just on to be very honest um i'm thinking just just experiences with myself and my kids and trying to incorporate thinking ways I can incorporate um, Mm -hmm. some of your suggestions. So, well, thank you so much for being here. This was a wonderful conversation. I know our (laughs) listeners will enjoy it. So how can our listeners follow you and keep in touch with what you're doing? Oh, thank you so much for that. I've thoroughly enjoyed this actually. Um, So you can find me on Instagram at abira.bolu. That's E-B-I-E-R-E dot Bolu. And then you can also go on my website to see the services I provide. And my website is raisingyourchildonpurpose.com. And those are you know, two simple ways to reach me. Awesome. Well, thank you. And until next time, ladies. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Mommy Surviving and Thriving. Stay connected by liking, following, and subscribing. We're accepting topic requests and questions by email. Info at mstpodcast.com. Are you balanced at all? Remember, there's only one of you. Stay positive and give yourself grace. We're here to support you in community on your journey to becoming happy, healthy, wealthy, and thriving. See you next week.